Hello everyone, welcome to the final news episode relating to 2022, December's news, uh, with myself, Stephen Old, and my friend, Franck Contrepois. And just because I don't think I said this, in case you've forgotten what you're listening to, this is what's new in cloud FinOps. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll continue to follow the, um, the structure that we added towards the end of end of 2022 um into 2023 as we carry on which means we're doing it in sections so it's a little bit less all over the place and we'll hopefully remember to do our little noises in between so you know when we're moving from section to section and hopefully means we can uh, whip through these a bit quicker we do also um released obviously december episodes released in january also released in january will be a great chat that we've had with our friend eric about effective savings rate which will be coming yeah. out this month as well. Um, Frank, without further ado, I believe it's time for yes. databases. Databases and data, and there are three. Pa- I've packed three news in one. Uh, the idea is that there are some changes <clears throat> on AWS that will allow you to run your DB into instances with more memory. Uh, that's very important for databases. So if you have queries that last ages and ages and ages, you can then uh, run them hopefully faster with more memory because memory is the main constraint usually on databases. So it's <clears throat> there is one is uh, that's uh, it, uh, where is it RDS <clears throat> sorry runs on uh, two IEDN instances. Uh, you also have that RDS Oracle optimized for R6G and R6GD, and then you have. RDS Oracle supports the X2IDN and other lots of letters uh, instances, which uh, give you, I think, up to four terabytes of memory. So that should be enough for you to accelerate your queries and reduce the time things are up and running for costing you. Yeah, Oracle's moved on to some of the big ones. Postgres moved on to one of the big ones for people that are moving from Oracle to Postgres. So they still have a massive one and then some more optimized stuff. my last, my kind of one in the data DB space is another Google blog. So I won't go into too much detail because uh, I don't want to bore people, but it's about running faster and more effective uh, data proc jobs. So if you are using data proc, um, which is a open source distributed processing platform, uh, sorry, it's a managed platform that uses the uh, open source distributed processing platforms such as Hive, Spark, Presto, Flink, uh, Hadoop most of which are all Apache, aren't they, actually? Um, and it, it talks you through ways of improving the the performance and cost-effectiveness of this. Um, so well worth a read if you're using it. Data proc people are generally using for kind of the transformation of their their uh, data lakes, migrate uh, the kind of modernization and being able to to affect a huge amount of data into uh, into new new forms um so well worth a read it was i've just seen actually released in january whoops um it's hard i've always said it's hard to tell with google when they release stuff until you go into it um but yes that was released early january you guys can have a read of that um and now so i don't forget visibility visibility and the first one so it's in this case it's aws it's about billing conductor the title is uh, announcing global free tier pricing rules for AWS Billing Conductor, <clears throat> and I, I honestly, I was there. So I, I read 
AWS Building Conductor and free tier in one sentence. I was like, oh, beautiful, they've done some free tier, they've improved something there. Uh, no. So you can now integrate <laughs> free tier into your calculation. Or can you remove it, really? So that if you are usually, for example, uh, resellers or internal enterprises that we need to, to do some charts back internally, you can remove free tier because if you ever try to apply free tier, it, it's a mess because free tier applies at the... A master per payer level. So if you have lots, if you have one pay and lots of accounts, free tier is almost negligible. Yet people think that it they are all entitled to one. So it gets messy. And usually the you the best way is just to say there is no free tier. Simple, easy. And so now you can do that with AWS Billing Conductor. Still, it still costs lots of money. Anyway, that's it. Fantastic. I've got a couple um, blasted together about the um, AWS cost uh, anomaly detection service. They finally made some much needed improvements to it. You can use percentage thresholds so you don't have to um, kind of estimate a a fixed number of dollars, which is always a bit of frustration. Um, and also the alerts are suddenly much more helpful. It gives you like the account name. So it wasn't just all account numbers. It also tells you um, <clears throat> a bit more about what's actually happened in there um, as well. So the you can also push these into um, SNS topics to go into like Slack and Chime as well. But they they just have added things that you would have thought were quite sensible, like the monitor type as well, the monitor name. Things for whatever reason weren't in there. Um, start date, last detection, duration, these kind of bits <laughs> are now in, in there for your SNS topics or your emails. So great news for people using that service. Um, and I'd say now it's probably on par with some of the stuff you're getting with the ISV slash CMPs out there as well. So that's my piece of news. Cool. And I have a Google one, which is quite rare. So the name, it's, <laughs> it's an article. It's called Using Budgets to Automate Cost Controls. And it's very much related to what you just said, Steve. So it's a, it is about helping. It, it explains how you can use uh, the alerting in Google, the cost control systems, to send a topic, so send a message, and then how to use that message to communicate to someone. So by default on Google, as usual, everything is super flexible. The good thing of everything is super flexible is that everything is super flexible. The problem is that that flexibility leaves a lot of work to you, the user, to decide what to yep. do with the message. So it's very nice to get a message. Then you need to transform that. So you need to code something to get it out. So this little piece of uh, text will help you create and find how to do it. They give you some examples, helping sending message to Slack, for example. So, so that's really interesting. And at least, hopefully, it's going to make those alerts uh, more useful and effective to be able to use them. And and this is what you get in the in the Google documentation or all these blogs. And that's why I generally pick them for myself to do just because of, of how they are. Um Google still feels so kind of created for the developer. And if yes. you go and speak to people at Google, you know, which we've done a lot of times, they they still say we're an engineering company. We're we're really no, no you know, kind of not great at marketing, all this kind of stuff. And it still has that feel to it. And these blogs, I think are generally really well written. They they 
actually guide you on how to how to if you're not a developer um but you still need some decent knowledge i think um but it's the technology is really fantastic it just requires that bit of extra knowledge to use i feel yeah so I, uh, it was quite interesting also you can see how the, by creating all those very fantastic very specific tools you create a problem as we say just you need to integrate those things together so it was quite interesting yeah. at reinvent uh recently at the end of 2022 to to see that aws is creating layers on top of all their tools to to simplify it and so you're, you're starting creating meta services to help people use yeah services and i think mm. at the moment it's, it's getting higher and higher so you have you have the basic service, and on top you have a merger service, like, I don't know, you have S3, and then on top you have code build, and then on top you have code pipeline, and then on top you have code star, and <laughs> they all stack up, and they all help you use the stuff. It's They create the problem and the solution. Mm. Um, right. Spot. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really trying to remember. <laughs> Um, maybe what I actually need to do is is to do a recording of each one. Anyway, that's for a different conversation. Um, so not a lot. And actually, this feels like a continuation of something that came out in kind of November slash reinvent, uh, where they are, are like um, spot ready products on the marketplace. This now they're talking around having uh, spot ready software products, which are basically certified by uh, solutions architects um, or partner solutions architects to um approve that they are spot ready so that you're safe running these these softwares on spot um uh, so you know we all know spot saves you a huge amount of money versus on demand and yeah. the one of the challenges is you know workloads that are suitable for it now you're going to have a list of things that are are approved by aws partner essays saying hey these are all good to run on spot and that's important because yeah, using Spot requires you to change your architecture. So having and making yeah. sure that someone has an architecture that is adapted and can survive the Spot being recalled is very reassuring. Yes, absolutely right. Commitments, yes. So the the, the commitments is AWS Cost Management introduces one-click experience to refresh savings plans recommendations. That's a long title just to tell you that you can now, even minutes after uh, buying a new saving plan, for example, you can click the button and it will take those new saving plans into account to um, recalculate what, what is next, how much you should optimize. I think what that means is you will be able to create things in a a uh, small amount so you take your i don't know you take an alpha hour to review your savings plans and you start by bringing one dollar and then you check and you see the difference you see what's left and, and you move on like this it's yeah it is almost exclusively within minutes to include newly purchased and expiring savings plans so as nothing related to instances uh, i was really hoping that it was about you know you turn on the lots of new instances and it, you'll have the recommendation for those instances but no it's not that what it is really it takes into account the newly purchased and expired savings plans almost immediately still positive indeed um a cool one now well i'm pretty happy it's been a while since we've had something like this um AWS announcing reserved nodes for Amazon MemoryDB for Redis. 
I I don't know if I've, I've forgotten or whether I just missed the release of Memory DB. Maybe I thought it was like the open search thing where they were re- like just taking over forking away and replacing from Elasticash. But I checked today and Elasticash still exists. Um, but this is a Redis managed service. So it's obviously eating into the part of that world, fully managed. Um, and now you can have a... Um, a reservation on a node which can save up to 55%. So that means you're three year all up front. So I imagine a 55% versus on demand. Um, and yeah, it's one, one to three, nothing up front, partial up front, and all up front. Same as, same as usual. Um, good thing to read is does offer size flexibility within node families. And at the moment, the two node families are R6G and R6GD which is just the, the data tiering version of that. And there's also this service that has the tiering on that we've talked about before for the storage about kind of having cheaper local SSDs and the uh, and the in-memory stuff working together in like an 80-20 combo. Um, so, yes, that's out. It's cheaper. It's, it's mm-hmm. some good FinOps news, and uh, it's one we're investigating here at the moment. Nice. Oh, hang on. It's me again, isn't it? Yep, music. Savings. Perfect. <clears throat> so savings is AWS Compute Optimizer now supports Amazon ECS service running on AWS Fargate. So again, it's a very specific one, but it means that Compute Optimize now effectively delivers some additional information uh, on things run on containers running on Fargate. So that should help you not over uh, provision, mm. not under provision things, and making sure you are continuously optimized or making sure you're not wasting too much. Uh, I, just, I still think when I was reading this, the first thing in my head was, yeah, under-measure, uh, under-optimize something will cost you performance, which usually is uh, more of a problem than wasting some dollars. So make sure you don't, you, you don't under or you you don't do you don't try to bring it as to as little as possible because that might be dangerous. But otherwise, it's really cool to have um, still improvements and in real time out of, uh, optimization, almost real time. Yep. Cool. Storage. So. We actually didn't find anything related to storage uh, this month. We had a couple of things there, but when we kind of went through them in depth, there was no real FinOps benefit. Um, so without further ado, instances. And again, so instances is, oh, am I getting it wrong there? No. So instances is Amazon EKS launches automate provisioning for lifecycle management for Windows containers. So mm. it's something that was there already for others. But now you can have Windows containers. And I've never used really Windows container in any kind of serious way. Uh, but the fact that there is a console in Windows and you can run it without the UI means that, yeah, probably for your PowerShell experts, that must be quite cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the, the benefit here or some of the benefit here is, is also the kind of loss of the paying for the management node, right? Which is yeah. which is taken away. Which is one of the reasons I, I thought this one kind of fits in in nicely. Um and that now you can you can manage all that for like say with Windows as well. I did have a customer about three, four oh goodness no, it's more than that now, isn't it? Four, five 
years jobs ago, ago or years ago yeah. uh, it's two jobs ago so it's before we worked together um who were looking at uh running you know windows slash dot net in in containers at scale and it was quite a pain in the bum um <laughs> i won't lie <laughs> uh, right miscellaneous so this is where we don't know where we should put it uh, and it goes in here so i've got two that i've bashed together which are about the ec2 calculator so the pricing calculator um as well for aws um if people have opinions on where they should fit please tell us but they have now made it much easier to kind of single click between um different tenancies so shared tenancy dedicated host dedicated uh instance pricing on there which is good i have actually seen that propping up more and more and i think that might be where it's coming from you know some of these organizations that maybe five years ago maybe three years ago we would have said shouldn't be moving to cloud um because they're just going to use it like a data center are actually at a point now where the data center is coming out and they are going to do more lift and shift and they are going to have horrible licensing um that does require dedicated hosts or dedicated um dedicated instances yeah. and this is this makes it a lot easier because it was quite a pain in the bum flipping between them and the second piece is that you can now bulk upload <laughs> for those same people we were just talking about <laughs> bulk upload ec2 instances into the pricing calculator um you just have to follow a excel template basically like spreadsheet template and then push it up uh, i have a task that will require that to do this week so i will test it out and i will uh, post if i have any issues on it on the um yeah. on the twitter so if everything goes well no news no news good news if everything goes yeah, well, i'm sure he's going to remember and he's going to mourn on the exactly. next january episode i i have been on twitter a little while now and my understanding is is for moaning that is the entire point <laughs> of the platform. Yes, get off. Uh, moving to AWS Marketplace that introduced free trials for SaaS usage-based pricing products. So now you can have a try for free button that is managed by the Marketplace. Uh, this, this, again, is a way for the Marketplace trying to extend and to be more SaaS standard friendly and providing these kind of things uh, so that even the free trials happen inside the marketplace or through the marketplace. So it is positive because it simplifies uh, simplifies the approach from the customer perspective, makes the experience just continuous. And this helps AWS get some more locking earlier and it's simpler for sellers on the marketplace just to say, hey, there yeah. is a free trial. It's there. Just use it and, and then manage the move forward uh, it definitely is picking up marketplace i'm seeing more and more customers using it um i still think so this is interesting right there was always an ability to give a free trial it's just a pain in the bum to do um now it's a lot lot easier but you're this has always annoyed me because i've had a couple of things i would have liked to have done and just you know me and you're big open source advocates right and just given to people for free and you're not allowed to sell for no cost on that you're not allowed to give away things for free on marketplace it can't be long-term free unless they've changed the terms and conditions um I, because you know i guess what's the, what's the point to them um yeah, of doing that there are other ways of doing company. that <laughs> exactly exactly um right amazon SageMaker automatic model tuning for higher um basically higher throughput 
um, three times higher limits for categorical hyperparameters, which obviously I know exactly what they are. <laughs> oh, so why did I know this one? one? Yeah, you selected it and I bloody got it. Um, <laughs> don't worry, my next one is exactly like this. <laughs> oh, I've read about that one. Maybe we should have flipped. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I see. You know, yeah, you can keep that one, mate. Um, so, so anyway, what it comes down to, for those of you that are using categorical hyperparameters and need a higher limit for them, um, you can now better choose the trade-offs between wall clock time, predictive performance, and overall cost. So, you know, if if speed is more important, um or if the quality of the prediction is more important, you can now make some changes and, and maybe it will cost you more, but you'll get you the output you want, or you can keep it cheaper and get, because, you know, the accuracy is slightly less important, whatever it might be, the prediction. Uh, so it's just putting a bit more power in your hands. I think generally probably it will cost you more money, but you'll get a better performance or, you know, you hopefully get what you're after. So in the end, maybe you have to run less models to get there whatever it might be so fingers crossed it can have some impact um but if you used it unwisely you could probably end up paying more without any benefit and that's also a finops thing to consider because it's all about value uh, on, my next one is yeah um, <laughs> i'm gonna say I, I, the title already i don't really get first sentence neither <laughs> and i have problem understanding it lots of the words. So I know I am not up to date on quantum computing. So I'm going to read it. Amazon Bracket now supports a joint gradient computation, unlocking runtime improvements and cost saving. You can guess that I react to cost savings. Mm. So SV1, the on-demand state vector simulator on Amazon Bracket, now supports oh, yeah. a computation of gradients using a joint differentiation method, enabling customers to reduce runtime and save costs for the quantum machine learning and optimization workloads. Then there is lots of other uh, explanations, and yeah, it continues with, uh, it is specific to certain quantum algorithm. It is for some part of the simulation, and hopefully that is going to um, help as I say, the speed and so the cost also of what you're using. But yeah, I, I think the title again, so you can go and search, search for it on AWS website. Amazon Bracket now supports a joint gradient computation, unlocking runtime improvements and cost savings. Because I think I'm going to stop there. Yeah, <laughs> all of the articles are available in the transcript now. <laughs> Um, just to make life easier for you. So that's the, the third from bottom, I think. Um, I think I've told you I've got a friend who's a quantum developer now. I'm a quantum friend. Uh, however, he doesn't use Bracket. And he does state that uh, it's really cool, but it doesn't really work still. So, um, well, But it's glad, good they're adding more things to, that hopefully do yeah. work. If he, um, if it's he not the Bracket doesn't work. Us. It's the quantum doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I, he's one of the um, the nursery dads. He, uh, he joins me in the <laughs> pub. So the quantum conversation is for kind of as the first pint goes down and then obviously <laughs> it, it all descends into uh, not making any sense. Um, yes. Right. My piece of news is build a business case with Azure Migrate. And it's a public preview. Basically, it allows you to do kind of on-premises versus Azure total cost of ownership, year-on-year -year cash flow. I like the year-on-year -year cash flow thing, actually. That's something that people should be looking at. Um, 
it identifies service workloads and the ideal right sizing recommendations up front and what the quick wins are for modernization and end of support Windows OS and SQL versions, because obviously that is quite a challenge that people have with big Windows estates. Um, <clears throat> and, it, you know, it points out to them what you should move to, what the easiest ones are to move and shows you long term savings. Uh, and it goes into kind of a, a CapEx versus OpEx model. Um, yeah. And, so it's pretty cool. Always, yeah, it is pretty cool. At the same time, we said before, yeah, lift and shift is not the optimal thing. And yet all those models usually use the lift and shift approach because that's the oh, only thing always. they have available because that's the only thing yeah. you have is what's running. Uh, yeah, lift and shift and maybe a little bit of replatform. You know, yes. so we rehost a bit of replatform. It might move your um, your SQL stuff onto Azure SQL yep. potentially. Well, yes. And yeah. you've said before that you can start immediately even on your environment to have Azure managing yeah. your SQL. So don't remember. That. Well remembered. I'd absolutely forgotten, but you're absolutely right. Why manage it now when you can have it them doing it already? Yes. You can start your migration by having that, for example. Mm. Anyway, last news of the day. AWS License Manager now supports commercial Linux subscription discovery and governance. So AWS License Manager helps you manage, guess what, licenses. And now it will go and discover the Red Hat Enterprise, the SUSE Linux, the Ubuntu Pro distributions, and other things that you are running. And we'll take that into account and we'll provide you with recommendations and pro also making sure that you are compliant with whatever license you already have. Uh, this is a big deal. Mostly because it's when you are non-compliant, it can be very, very painful. And if it comes as a surprise, it is very, very painful surprise. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. yes, it, it's good that they are making it automated. And it's one of the hardest things to keep track on in the cloud. It was hard before. It's in the cloud. It's just exacerbated. So, yeah, try to use it. Let us know how it works. As usual, really looking forward. Yeah. Well, you don't really use licenses, do we, for the most part? We're a bit, no. Anything we've fortunately uh, open source. Yeah. So, um, but obviously not all organizations can be like that. And that is the end of our news. I've, I remember at the beginning, we forgot to say Happy New Year. Uh, so Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to move that to the beginning, which is what a good podcast editor would do. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it now and say, everyone, thank you very much for listening. And uh, well. don't forget to watch out for our episode with Larry. Yes, and I, I think, come on, if they've listened until now, they deserve a Happy New Year from both of us. I totally Absolutely. I it's right to put it at the end. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank Happy you. New Year. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>